37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Pixelated Paranormal is rated M for mature, even more than normal. While this episode is for entertainment purposes only, we strongly advise you not listen to it around children or with your speakers turned up at work or anywhere near family members or your priest. Seriously, we really, really advise you to put on some headphones. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a very special episode of Pixelated Paranormal, Late Night Volume 4. An episode to get you harder than Ed Gain <laughs> jumping on a trampoline full of dead grandmas. Oh, my God. <laughs> do, you have your, uh, do you have your beep noise ready? <laughs> I do, yes. I am fully prepared to bleep out anything filthy at the end of the episode. So yes, this is Late Night Volume 4, a special series of episodes where all the stories have a little something to do with sexy, sexy sex. Nookie nookie. Now, before we get any further, of course, I am Sean, and with me as always is Preston. What's up, everybody? And he's Ugh. doing that fucking accent. <laughs> Already. And then you heard the gurgle of disgust. Steven! It's back with us on this episode. Welcome Indeed. back, buddy. What's up, everybody? Sorry I've been away. Got a lot of things going on in my life and uh, slowly getting back to where I need to be and trying to anyway. And yeah, happy to, happy to be back. Unfortunately, yeah. we're doing this episode on my day back, but I got to show up for the fans and <laughs> listeners. They deserve it. That's right. We got to give them the best. No, but you're uh, you're in a new place. You're in a new recording space, yep. and uh, that's exciting, dude. It is indeed. Hell and yeah. I get to see my favorite Hell band yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, in my backyard, be fucking sick. Oh yeah. Yep. Coheed be my nineteenth time seeing them. They're one of the the best bands of all time, in my opinion. Especially if you like paranormal science fiction, listen to the band because all their music tells a badass story of that. Science fiction, sto- uh, yeah. horror, all that shit. It's awesome. And if you like comics, they do comics for the music too. Check it out. It's pure nerdum shit. And I guess you can go <laughs> see that other band too. I'm just joking. They're gonna be tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It'll be it'll be interesting. I'm anxious to see how the used, you know, still yeah. holds up. I hear they're I hear they do pretty good. So either way, it's gonna be pretty cool. And it's yeah, it's a special day for me too because. Um, it's a birthday gift, and it's also um, I'm doing it in memory of my friend Donald who passed away because that was the last time I got hung out with him was the last Coheed show that came through Wichita. Oh wow! Yeah, jeez, old disco. So Donnie. it's gonna be like a big, huge uh, high school reunion like it was last time. Hopefully, that'd be cool to see a bunch of people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's an awesome venue too. Wave is a hell of a lot of fun. Shayla and I just went and saw. Um, Dropkick Murphys and part of the Rancid show there not too long ago. Um, our good good friend Leslie actually works up there once in a while at the front door, That'd be so awesome. you may get to see I her. I love then. Leslie. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. And speaking of Leslie, we have a lot of uh, fun stuff planned in the upcoming future with her and John, so that'll be cool. Get back over into the uh, CD Trade Post space and cool. do some recording there with them. And then. Sp- Speaking of concerts, Preston, you and Jeffrey just got back from a good one, too. What would you guys go see? We went to uh, Red Rocks, and it is the 30th anniversary of Shake Your Moneymaker by the Black Crows. And uh, the brothers, Chris and Rich Robinson, patched up, made up, kissed, and, you know, had all the brotherly love going on. And... uh, so it was basically the whole album front to back and then some of their other hits from the beginning and then a really cool um, rock and roll band that I've never heard of called uh, Dirty Honey opened up for him. And um, Chris Robinson had made the comment that, you know, his kids listened to nothing but rap and R&B. 
and uh, most of the mm -hmm. artists he can't pronounce their names, so he always feels like being a rock and roll <laughs> artist in this day and age that their music and what they do is irrelevant. And then um, after the concert, like I've been going to like YouTube and like checking out Dirty Honey and just like the, the vibes that everybody gets, like, you know, rock and roll's not dead, rock and roll's still alive. And just this younger generation that's coming up is really hitting the grassroots of rock and roll. Um, so it was a it was a pretty cool experience. We'd never been to uh, Red Rocks before, and just the acoustics of the outdoor venue. Um, it was a fun time. I want to get to the Red Rocks one of these days and see Dave Matthews Band. I heard it's a pretty solid time, and a lot of times they do like a two night event. So Ooh. we're supposed to be going in October to see uh, Dave Matthews in Arkansas, I believe, at an amphitheater there, and then. Um, I think right after that, we're going to Oklahoma City to watch Amigo the Devil uh, on his tour as well. So fingers crossed, as long as the world doesn't catch on fire uh, any worse and everything doesn't shut back down, we should hopefully be going to those venues, but only yep. time will tell. Red oh, yeah. I hadn't been to a rock and roll concert in like two years, so um, just the fact, like the energy of the crowd... And just be able to, uh, they, they sell um, Voodoo Ranger IPA by the pint there. So <laughs> daddy was having a good time. So, yeah. <laughs> good, 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 good. Oh, man. Speaking of, and I know uh, we're not here to talk about beer, but it is fall season. That means, yeah, pumpkin beers are back in season, baby. And I am drinking an Elysium Great Pumpkin Imperial Pumpkin Beer. What a basic bitch. Dude, all day long. <laughs> I've already thrown back about three or four PSLs already. Uh, yeah, anyway, welcome to Pumpkin Talk. <laughs> Before we get started, we should shout out the new the listeners that wrote in that awesome post. Yeah, okay. most definitely. So we want to give a huge shout out to Chelsea and also her husband. They wrote a very, very, very sweet note on our Facebook. I should say she wrote a very, very sweet note on our Facebook. Huge shout out to you guys for being the one and only podcast I've been able to stand listening to. <laughs> Between the cryptid knowledge, useless nerd toy comic book knowledge, mispronouncing of words, and poor imitation accents, it's almost like listening to my husband. <laughs> Hell yeah. Who also mm -hmm. now listens to you guys. While I'm working my 10-hour shifts. I found you guys on Amazon Prime Music several weeks ago and started around episode 195. I caught up. That's the third Amazon Prime person. Oh, is it really? Hell yeah. Mm, that I've heard, listened, found our show through there. So that's pretty cool that that's popping off on podcasts. I didn't even know we were on Amazon Prime, to be honest. So that's really fucking cool. It sounds so amateur of me, but, you know, Mark, we I press the show, send it to Mark, and Mark posts it and hosts it for us. So... I didn't realize that Pixelated Paranormal was on Amazon. So, yeah, if you're listening on Amazon, hello. We didn't even know you were there. She says she started around episode 195 and got caught up, went back to 150, caught up again, and now I'm back in the 50s. Man, going way back. I really enjoyed the Yokai episode I listened to and hope you do more content related to them. Thanks for making my work days more interesting with your soothing voices and interesting stories. P.S. I obviously haven't listened to every episode yet, but I'm from Michigan. No, I'm not a juggalette. <laughs> and I was just wondering if you've done an episode on the melon heads. Thanks again, guys. Well, Chelsea, we, uh, we have a Cryptid Encounters I'm writing up right now for the Melonheads, so we'll try to get that out. If not next episode, the one right after that. Uh, it's a very fun story. I'm anxious to hear Steven's take on it. So, Steve, uh, if you haven't already, don't read ahead. Don't do investigative work. And then we'll just uh, jump in with your big book of bullshit and see what we can figure out. And amateur sketch. Don't forget the amateur oh, sketches. Oh, Yeah. Oh, I forgot about mm -hmm. that shit. Oh, I'm excited now. Even more excited. <laughs> <laughs> good, good stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank you very much, Chelsea, for writing in and for listening. And uh, we hope you and your husband enjoy the show. Um, I don't know if you've heard any of the late night episodes. I'm going to assume you probably did because you went back to episode 150. Episode 149, late night volume threes. Wait, those aren't mannequins. 
Okay. 149, <laughs> she got one away. One away. Hell yeah. Well, she went back to episode 50, so. Well, we've done a okay. series of episodes called Late Night, and that's where we talk about lots of dirty, filthy smut, all because I bought a book called Sexual Hauntings Through the Ages at my used bookstore, Honey Hole. So back on episode 86, we did our very first late night episode entitled The Gooey Bits, where we read tales to tantalize and titillate from that said book. Then we fast forward a little ways to episode 122, Late Night Volume 2, Draw Me Like One of Your French Aliens, where we talk about this guy, uh, David Huggins, I think it was, who says he's been abducted by several aliens and made it with several different types of female extraterrestrials and even fathered some alien babies of his own. <laughs> and then, Presto, you said we did episode... It was, one, was it 149? 145. 145. Yeah, 145. Late Night Volume 3. Wait, those aren't mannequins. And we talked about uh, a lot of bizarre things going on overseas in Korea with sex dolls and baseball. Yeah. Um, so that was a good time and, for sure. And but, then I, uh, mean, I bought a paranormal erotica romance bundle, including books <laughs> such as Owned by the Werewolf, My Wife is an Alien, and the first one we, we read, Seduced by Bigfoot. Oh, my God, man. I think... What episode did we start reading that stuff on? Was that... 145. <laughs> that was when we started the uh, the Bigfoot erotica? Yeah. It has to be because there's a picture of a woman in the moonlight and a gorilla. So, yeah, that's got to be it. Yeah, that episode is notorious because we started reading Bigfoot smut, and it was way too filthy uh, for what <laughs> I thought we could put on the show. And it kind of became a cult following and a fan favorite. So yeah, it, here we are, guys. Surprisingly enough, everybody wants more of it. And I'm like, well, I mean, if that's <laughs> what the fans want, that's we got to deliver. So here we are. <laughs> a lot more than we might be comfortable giving them. Yeah. <laughs> so episode 207, Late Night Volume 4. Now, if you want to know the spoiler alert, we're going to wait till the end of the episode to get into the real gooey stuff, which is, surprise, surprise, Preston, what? Uh, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't remember the name of the book, but basically it's a tale about a girl that has a lawn gnome fetish. And on this production of, uh, you know, lawn gnome foot fetish, Sean <laughs> will be playing the part of Dildo Gnomely. I will be playing the part of the woman, and Stephen will be playing Grand Grand, the grandma of the tale that gets caught up. Wow. Uh, the fun part is we haven't read this ahead, Steve, you and I, so we have no idea what the hell we're getting ourselves into. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Steve, that'll be all right. Steve, no. I threw you a bone this episode, and I swear to God I gave you the most... PG parts, like literally, you have three speaking parts. And oh, cool, I appreciate it because yeah, this is not my favorite thing to do. <laughs> yeah, we'll plan ahead better uh, next time and arrange better recording times in case things get a little more saucy. That way, you don't have to worry too much. But yeah, for sure, we were, we respect your no uh, your new uh, recording space and don't want to get you in any kind of heat. So. Besides the heat yeah. you're going to be in, in that computer chair, baby, listening. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, the, Lord, Lord help, help me. The stuff at the, <laughs> the, stuff at the top is not going to be. I'm playing the role of grandma. I've got to talk like a grandma. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, Lord Pickens. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, the good news is the stuff at the top of the episode is not going to be entirely too saucy, but we do, again, recommend when we get to that smut, you're going to want to put on some earphones. We don't want anybody getting in trouble at work. Uh, we don't want your family looking at you funny if you're in the kitchen making spaghetti. Yeah, there you go. Well, let's get started, guys, shall we, with a blast from the past. Do you boys remember us talking about Denver Riggleman? No. So Denver Riggleman, you'll remember as soon as I bring him up, was the U.S. representative from Virginia who was notoriously on blast from his arch nemesis for being the author of a Bigfoot porn book. Oh, I remember this now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Democratic candidate Leslie Cockburn had posted tweeted <laughs> screenshots from an- that fucking name. Why would you ever get into politics with that fucking I know, name? But I mean, that's you know, you got to make the best out of a bad situation. And she really put this guy on blast. You could literally do anything. I would have more respect for you if you would like do like an, any other job. <laughs> that's just asking for trouble with that name and being a politician. <laughs> Well, she was not the butt of the joke, and instead, she tweeted screenshots from an Instagram account from Republican candidate Denver Riggleman that showed images of a Bigfoot naked with his schlongadong pixelated out (laughs) and was accompanied by the comment, cover art for mating habits of Bigfoot is almost complete. I hide nothing in this magnificent tome. Don't erase the censor box. And then it went on to show that his buddies had then photoshopped his face on the cover of the book, supposedly as a joke. Well, we talked all about that giant mess and him having to backpedal and turn around and say, oh, I didn't really write that book, guys. I remember that. Yeah, I didn't write that book. That was all just a big gag. Then you find out he really did write a separate hunting Bigfoot book from like 2006. Any hoozle. Now, Preston, you remember him. Yeah. Well, Riggleman was ousted for running for re-election, and so he considered running for governor. And his just-written new book on Bigfoot believers and their hunts for the creature and other unusual things got wrapped up in some conspiracy, 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 conspiracy theories. Conspiracy. He says, I want readers to walk away from this book with an understanding of the insidious way disinformation consumes all common sense in its path. And to perhaps ponder the profound question, is Bigfoot, in fact, the elusive leader of all conspiracies? Now, in a press release announcing the book, Denver Riggleman describes why he wrote Bigfoot, dot, 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 it's complicated, as a way to address issues far bigger than Bigfoot. Well, you can see a copy of the book there. I don't think it's going to be worth picking up. But he says, we're at a crucial moment for our country. There's no doubt misinformation is running rampant in the highest halls of power and the American people will ultimately pay the price if we allow this insanity to continue unchecked. If we want to save our democracy, we'll need to fight free speech with speech and counter those who don't deal in truth or fact. With the views like this, it's no wonder some members of Riggleman's Republican Party wonder if he is truly one of them. He does, too, especially when the members of his party support QAnon. So basically what's mm. going on... Calm down, Dad. ...is he's being... Th- <laughs> <laughs> well, he's under blast from a bunch of QAnon followers trying to say that he has no idea what the hell he's talking about, he's full of shit, and he's never read a conspiracy theory a day in his life. So he says, when I pranked my wife on our 15th wedding anniversary with a Bigfoot ex- Excursion and released a new book on their 31st, he explains why believing Bigfoot is complicated. Is Bigfoot possible? No. Is he probable? Maybe. Wait, that that's kind of backwards, isn't it? If he's possible, maybe. Is he probable? No. Poor yes. fella. I, th- <laughs> I think that's a self-depreciating Sorry, part no. of this as an intellectual, intelligence anal- intelligence analyst intelligence analysts trying to figure out why people believe what they do about Bigfoot and how that affects their lives. And I think that's why people will like my book. So best of luck, Riggleman. I don't think you're going to re-divert our attention from your porn, but Preston, who knows? Maybe you'll buy a copy of it. Oh, yeah. Why not, man? (laughs) Why not? Well, on our late night episodes and a few episodes before that, uh, we've talked about several celebrity paranormal experiences and even some more that were kind of saucy about celebrity encounters that were sexual in nature, including Kesha, who supposedly have has boned a couple different ghosts. Well, one celebrity we've never talked about is the King of Pop. There's a woman who claims that Michael Jackson talks to her after possessing her body. And she says, this is not what I expect from a shy man that I saw on TV all those years ago when I was a fan. Instead, he stays possessed in me, relaxed, not channeling, just enjoying living through me and communicating with me as a husband. 
So he likes to eat while inside me. He loves cookies. He cusses a lot more than I expect him to, too, as a former fan. Kathleen Roberts calls herself the ghost host and said she's a physical medium who channels ghosts. On one episode of her podcast, she interviews the spirits of Marilyn Monroe, Prince, Anna Nicole Smith, Kurt Cobain, and her ghostly husband, Michael, the King of Pop Jackson. Oh. Their marriage was brought into light recently on an interview with the Daily Star, but the details come from Robert's story at Vocal.media. She goes on to reveal semi-intimate facts, like he doesn't like being touched or kissed. When she tries to initiate sexual contact with him, he punishes her with visions of spiders and corpses just to get her to bugger off. She said he's bossy and likes to point out her flaws, but has helped her deal with her recent online fame. She also claims that Michael Jackson sings and dances a lot more than she expects as she channels him, and like the rest of her celebrity ghosts she's visited by, he joins her in the bathroom. Mm. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Let's jump into the paranormal plane and fly across the pond where hundreds of Brits have claimed they've been having sex with aliens. A new poll recently found that hundreds of UK residents claim to have had sex with space aliens and will go on to identify the places where it's most likely to happen. A recent survey conducted by BuzzBingo.com was astonished when they discovered nearly 300 people responded to the survey and claimed they had been having intimate relationships with extraterrestrials. They said, We're astonished to see how many people claim to have had intimate relations with aliens, particularly in the cities of Norwich and Bristol. There must be something about those spots which makes these experiences more common than in the rest of the UK. Now, of those surveyed, over 25% were from Norwich. And the second set of ET sex surveys are from Bristol at 23% and 22% from Liverpool. So I wonder what the attraction is of these aliens to these UK cities. I think it's just fucking MDMA and Molly and shit like that. (laughs) Just a bunch of raves. People just getting so messed up that they just think they're fucking an ET. I mean, it could be. You never know, man. You never know. What movie was that? The Pest with John Leguizamo? Whenever he asked if he'd ever make it with a hot space alien chick? Well, I mean, they also talk about it in, in uh, Clerks as well. With Jane oh, Sant very Bob. true, yeah. I they, do remember that. They go have, and he's like, I want to have sex with an alien. That way when people go by, they're like, yo, homeboy fucked an alien. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, well, David Abrams of BuzzBingo.com seems to be imagining space aliens as some sort of creatures who speak with their bodies rather than their mouths or minds. Well, that sounds like a sailor's dream, you know, similar to the tales of siren encounters and mermaids. He may be on to something. So it begs the question, boys, would you make it with a hot space alien mm. chick? Mm. <laughs> sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's very true. Well, I'm going to send you a warning here. Having sexual encounters with a space alien may seem like something fun or maybe something on some bizarre bucket list, but you could actually be sticking your pecker inside the devil. (laughs) (laughs) A woman named Amethyst Realm, who's a spiritual guidance counselor from Bristol as well, right? We're going to stay in Bristol for this next one, boys. Claims she's had sexual encounters with 20 different ghostly lovers and that they give her orgasms. She says she's now turned her back on men altogether and she hopes to find her one true ghost ghoul to settle down with. This comes from JesusTruthDeliverance.com. During an appearance on ITV's This Morning, Amethyst, a 27-year-old, described how she first felt a presence in the home she had just moved to with her then-fiancé 10 years ago. While our fiancé was away, she decided to pursue things a little further and decided to dress in a saucy negligee to entice the spirits that she'd been feeling in the house. It was kind of like a weight. I felt pressure on my thighs and at the same time physical breath and stroking. She was then asked by a curious Holly Willoughby 
whether the encounter led to an orgasm, which she said, yes, for me. Now, Amethyst's fiancé discovered she was cheating, in air quotes, when a ghost apparently showed his physical form to her fiancé, something which she herself had never seen. She says, I think he was in love with me too, and it wanted me to end the relationship. Amethyst says that she now has, quote, no interest in men, and revealed she's hoping to find a special ghost to settle down with after dating several spirits over the last ten years. You can always feel the difference. It's the same with any different human. They have different energies. Amethyst appeared unconcerned by the impact of her lifestyle choices on the possibility of starting a family and went on to say if, given the chance, she would love to go on with a phantom pregnancy with a spirit. Saying it would be a unique thing to see having a ghost baby. (laughs) It'd be a lot like Casper. (laughs) The baby would be like Casper? The kid that never grows up? Cool. Why do you be selfish? (laughs) (laughs) Amethyst says her relationship with her first ghost lasted for three years before eventually petering out. Since then, she's had over 20 different ghostly lovers and is more embarrassed by her tally than the fact that her partners don't actually take human form. But the problem with this is, well, you might think you're making it with a sweet, hot space alien or a ghost you may have been duped and instead been having whoopee with demons transforming their appearance to throw you Mm -hmm. off into thinking you're not having sex with them. Recently, C.N. Jameson, a 26-year-old, says she had sex with a, quote, handsome man she spotted in a historic painting. Recently, she'd moved to Aberworth. (laughs) That dude from Ghostbusters (laughs) 2. What's his he name? is Vigo. He's a creep. Yeah, Vigo. He's a the creep. She, hey, maybe. This could be an alternate take to uh, the script for Ghostbusters 2. Mm-hmm. She recently moved into a new house in Aberworth and rented a fully furnished 16th century house after breaking up with her boyfriend of three years. She left London saying, Everywhere I went reminded me of my ex and I needed a fresh start. She said the owner of the pre- the previous owner had left books and old paintings. One painting in particular caught my eye. It was above the mantelpiece in the main room and was of a handsome young man dated from 1820. Now, as a writer herself, she said that being in the countryside inspired her and that's why she moved there. It was great. She had no distractions, just herself and the trees and the sky and a haunted painting. I was paying my rent by doing bits of copyright, and just because I didn't want much out of the countryside, I managed okay. I enjoyed the peace, and after a long relationship, being on my own is quite exhilarating. I started to wonder whether I even wanted a man in my life again. And then we started making love. The spirit was gentle and stroked my body tenderly. During lovemaking, I sensed all kinds of things about him. His name was Robert, and he lived over a hundred years ago. We didn't speak, but it was like he was communicating with me telepathically, and his body was soft and light. Even when he moved on top of me, pressing down, he felt almost weightless. It was very strange, but the sex was amazing. I was totally perplexed by what had happened. In fact, I started to wonder whether it happened at all. And in the end, I told myself I was just a very vivid dreamer and put it back in the back of my mind. Now, she's a spiritualist and says she's always believed in ghosts and claimed to have seen apparitions before, but none of them ever tried to become intimate. Again, he appeared in the morning and we made love again, but this time afterwards, I watched him get up and get dressed and leave the room. I was expecting to hear his footsteps on the wooden stairs, but there was no sound. So I watched him through the open door, and I saw him kind of fade as he approached the top of the stairs. This time, though, she didn't go back to sleep. She got up and she followed, but Robert had simply disappeared. Now, she claims that he reappeared to her one more time after. It was during the night, and she had just about drifted off to sleep, when all of a sudden... 
The duvet slid off of her, and she could feel a cool hand running up her thigh under her nightshirt. She said that he knew after this he wouldn't be back, and after that she sobbed as he left that evening. And she says, I guess I must have fallen in love. She said that she couldn't stop thinking about him. I tried to find out more about him by searching online, and although I found a painting of a young man who looked very much like him by a 19th century French artist, I didn't really get anywhere. She told a couple of close friends about what she experienced, and she said that was a mistake. They looked at me as if I was mad, so I just laughed it off and said something about eating too much cheese before bed and then kept quiet after that. <laughs> Is that what happens if you have nachos at midnight? You have dreams about making it with a painting? Why is this hole in the bottom of this painting? <laughs> <laughs> now she has a relationship with a living man. And when she first told him about Robert, he thought it was kind of funny. He reckons it was just a dream. But I know it wasn't a dream and that it was real. And the sex was good, if not better, than any other I've had. Just don't tell my boyfriend. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And then the website goes on to say how these alleged ghosts, aliens, and angels, and spirit husbands, and spirit wives, and so on, are just evil demons in disguise. Succubuses and incubuses and all that other nasty, nasty stuff the devil tries to dangle in front of your dongle. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to move on to something a little more thought-provoking. Because it's not a late night episode unless we bring up Rob and robots and, you know, the things you can do to robots if they have robots. And so let's move on, shall we? Coming at you from the 37th parallel from the basement of a mad scientist and some more fantastical alert. tales of robots. robots. From fizz.org, sex with robots. Should lawmakers respond? As technology advances, so has the result in designing of hyper-realistic, Wi-Fi-connected, programmable sex robots that can mimic human responses. But with all this, it begs the question, what do these developments mean for how we regulate interactions with sex bots in the future? In a new article, the Bulletin, Law and Society, Essay Journal, um, Finders University law researchers analyze the factors of, uh, that Australian lawmakers are making of whether or not they'll have to consider these laws when they weigh up whether or not it should be legal to import, own, and use sex robots that resemble human adults. Critics of sex robots argue that sexual robots objectify women and increase the risk of sexual violence by desensitizing people to the way they treat living beings. I think that's kind of interesting, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some robots can even be programmed to reject a user's sexual advances, which mimic a refusal of consent, which is a key element of providing sexual offenses in Australia. On the other hand, advocates claim that the benefits of sex robots can be including empowering older Australians and people with disabilities, addressing sexual-related anxiety, treating dysfunctions, and promoting safe sex and creating a safe place for people to feel non-insecure about their sexual orientation. In a recent study into the therapeutic benefits of sex robots, found the top three suggestions for the use of robots were for patients with social anxiety, people who do not have a partner but still want a sex life without resorting to fleeting acquaintances or prostitution, and premature ejaculation. Maddie McCarthy, now an associate with law firm LK, recently completed her honors research into the topic with the College of Business and Government and Law. She says advancements in technology coupled with increasing demand and public concern means Australian policymakers are likely to be confronted with calls for the regulation of sex robots in the near future. Even if sex robots are prohibited in Australia, it's likely the courts may consider such offenses to be less objectively serious than sexual offenses against humans, and sentences may be more likely to fall at the lower end of penalty range, even when maximum penalties are equivalent. 
that is so bizarre. And I feel like it treads on like iRobot territory. Yeah, a little bit. Robots scare, scare me nowadays. Yeah. Shit's getting too crazy. Yeah, it really is, man. It really is. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day about their dad having to go to the hospital and the pacemaker was a Bluetooth pacemaker. And the guy goes in, he's having issues with his pacemaker, and the doctor literally pulls out an iPad, pop, boop, pop, and basically kind of restarts the guy's pacemaker with a different rhythm. And that sounds fascinating and incredibly, you know, convenient, but at the same time, like, what if somebody stole that iPad? Could you just walk around being some kind of cyber serial killer and just dropping people left <laughs> and right? Yeah, know. I mean, it's it's really incredible because it stops you from having to do any kind of, you know, surgery on them. But, I mean, that's that's one side of the coin. But what about, like, with having these kind of AI sex dolls that can be taught or programmed, refusal and all that kind of stuff? I don't know. It takes one hacker, and the next thing you know, like, you're just murdering people with their sex dolls. You know, I don't know. Scary to think about. Yeah, it really is, man. It really, really is. Well, enough with the appetizers. Shall we get to the main course? What do you have for us, man? I think we are um, tingling with anticipation. Yeah. Well, some say it's a strange thing to sexualize one's feet, especially garden gnomes. But there exists a story of a young lady who... At age 32, was not quite sure when her fascination began, but it has certainly led her on a long and curious journey. It was not easy to find a real gnome. For one, they're not keen on today's technology. You won't find one on Tinder, so where do you find one? <laughs> and how do you know if he's keen on foot worship? Well, let's think for a moment. What's one thing a gnome loves more than a good full pipe and his mum? Gardening. Like the lovers of the earth and luscious soil, Sadie took to her nearest Home Depot. Jesus. <laughs> she stocked the aisles for a few days and, you know, no shit. Her efforts turned up empty. But then it dawned on her what self-respecting gnome would subject themselves to the obscene fluorescent lighting and heavy chemical smells that plague the uh, er erroneous warehouse chains. So she quickly Googled all well-established mom-and-pop gardening shops and whittled the results down to a few who had been around the longest. Her heart began racing as she read aloud the addresses of the shops which had remained. Grand. <laughs> what the fuck? And Dildo Nombly. What a name. Tilled Earth, 140 <laughs> Rolling Hill Way, Wilshire, Pennsylvania, 15069. Sadie speared herself with her favorite perfume, hopped in her hoopty. She turned on her favorite <laughs> jam, some Michael Buble, and put the pedal to the metal, baby. Two Starbucks. What's she listening to? I just haven't met you yet. Yeah. <laughs> Two uh, mm. Starbucks ice soy lattes and a urine-filled plastic cup later. Dear Lord. It's like uh, working in an Amazon warehouse. <laughs> she had arrived at her destination. Oh, how she squirmed with anticipation. With one foot in and out the other, she followed the miraculously groomed pathway. For nary a weed was to be found nor a stone out of place and began to smell a rather peculiar scent. It was a sweet smell, warm with cinnamon and fresh with citrus, surrounded by luscious trees bearing fruits and flowers bowing in her presence. She had a really good feeling about what may come. <laughs> mm -hmm. At the end of the pathway stood the entrance to the peculiar home business. It was a large, heavy wooden door made of thick cherry wood planks, which, and each generously oiled. A few inches above the large brass doorknob hung a handmade copper sign which read, Grand and Sons Prize Bushes, second to none. <laughs> oh, how Sadie pursed her lips. She was sure the sign meant that their pruning skills were top-notch, and she couldn't help but wonder. Alas, she rapped with her knuckles upon the door and listened intently for any movement inside. The large door creaked open, and a little... 
very little old lady whose pointy red hat stood as high as Sadie's knee greeted her. Hello. Good morning. Good morning to you. Oh, hello. I'm so sorry to bother you. But what is that delicious smell? I was just driving by, but could smell it all the way down the road. Oh, my dear, just a few cakes now. Just a few cakes. Come in, please do. Very busy now. I'm very, very busy here. But please, do come in. The old lady shuffled back inside and began hanging tea towels. Good morning, dear. Please be welcome. Would you care for some tea, dear? Some tea, perhaps, and a cake, yes. Oh, we've got such lovely cake. From our butt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you very much. Dildo. The woman yelled. Sadie's eyes shot open. For what on earth would an old lady be yelling out dildo for, especially in front of a stranger? Dildo, dear. Yes, Mom? Dildo, dear, we have a visitor. Fetch the girl some cake and I'll put the kettle on. Oh, yes, Mom. The poor little man, she thought. The gnomes were magnificent bakers. Cakes and pies from lemon loaves to blueberry cobbler and cinnamon swirled bread. It was surely a delicious morning, but that wasn't the only thing that wetted Sadie's mouth. <laughs> Dildo's bare feet, my lord, had been trampling or tempting her all the while. They were impressively clean and well cared for, impressively large for belonging to a man of such little stature, and excitingly animated. His toes wiggled gleefully with each bite of cake Dildo took. The two went on chattering about the lovely morning. It was while Sadie squirmed in her seat with long, suckable toes he has. Hello, dear. Dear, are you all right? Have you had enough cake, perhaps? Oh, I'm so sorry. Maybe I've just had too much sugar. Well, best idea, then, I say. Best is to walk it off. In the lovely garden, then. Very good idea. Fresh air. For ye will only be do good. The grand tugged gently at Sadie's pant leg and urged her out the door. It was quite possible she was afraid the young girl may let out some dreadful odor and muddle the sense of her fresh <laughs> baked goods. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> you too, Dildo. You make sure now the young deer doesn't get lost amongst the shrubbery. A curious woman she surely is, for only someone the height of a gnome would get lost there. Dildo did not excel at small talk and therefore kept himself busy with the garden, but remained nearby the human, lest she get into trouble and step on his turnips. But she did not wander away, for it was him that she was there for. Oh, so you like gardening? Oh yes, yes so indeed. I've got a basil plant at home. I didn't plant it myself, but it is in a pot. Dildo thrust the handle of the garden hoe into her hand, cutting off her dreadful idea of small talk. She inspected the hoe, which was impressively clean and thus equipped. Oh my, a dirty hoe's a happy hoe. <laughs> my dear, hoes don't have feelings. Hoes are simply just tools. So Dildo began uh, pumping a small lever that stood out of the ground and unwound the hose from its stand, which he opened the tap, but no water gave way. Well, this is the kinkiest hose I've ever had the displeasure of using. Darn cheap hoses. Well, I'm kinkier than that garden hose. <laughs> she snickered, running her hand up and down the wooden handle, but Dildo didn't catch on, but pursed his lips and mumbled under his breath. Humans, they really are dumber than dogwort. As her delicious little morsel of a man struggled with the kinky hose, she noticed a few drops of water had escaped from the nozzle. An immediate rush of warmth filled her vagina. The lone droplets had wetted his perfectly groomed and brushed foot hair, matting it slightly to its thick yet smooth skin. She got down faster than a horny snowman in the Sahara the Desert. Fuck? <laughs> and focus intently on the beautiful sight before her. Sadie could not hold back any longer. She couldn't hold up the charon of actually enjoying gardening. What she wanted to enjoy was the little man's enormous thick soles feet and hairy toes wiggling inside her mouth. 
her hands wrapped around his bony ankles and felt the twists and turns of his dark leg hair. They seemed to beckon her down and guide her toward those toes, baby, the hair growing softer yet thicker. The hair grew on his feet, sat like a beloved bush, a luscious plant that grew from the most richest earth. A mound of pubic hair from a 70s porno flick, carefully crafted to a three-foot-tall man's two-foot-wide, massive stomping feet. She nestled her nose into the shock gnome's foot bush and inhaled deeply. This is for what her life was meant. Excuse me? Excuse me, miss? Did, Did you drop something? Dildo stammered and tried his best to hide the bewilderment which rattled him. What woman in her best mind should be or would want to be smelling a gnome's foot? Oh, Dildo, it's your feet. (laughs) Equally confused and terrified, Dildo took a step backwards because surely this woman had lost her fucking mind. Sadie's primal urge refused to allow her life's calling to escape her grip. Taking hold of his clean, pressed leather shorts, quite similar in appearance to a lederhosen, she pulled the creature (laughs) close to her. She was on her knees, yet with his small stature, it meant they were now eye to eye and mouth to mouth. With dear old Gran peeking out the window, she wrapped her large humanoid arm behind the little man's head and brought him to her wanting mouth. Enveloping his face with her, she darted with an eager tongue into his nervous yet kind mouth. He did not fight back, for he was only genuinely courteous and kind. She licked his teeth and tasted the remnants of the lemon cake dusted with cinnamon. Dear God. (laughs) Drawing her tongue up the side of his close-shaven cheek until his sideburns tickled her lips. The gnome's walls began to crumble. A low moan escaped his tight mouth. His lusciously brown curling locks twirled effortlessly around her fingers. Sadie was intoxicated by this little man, but now she needed to know if what they say is true about men with big feet. (laughs) Does he, in fact, have a monstrous dick? To his granny's horror, poor little old granny, she pressed pressed her body against his. Their scents mingled within the magical little gnome garden his gran and him had worked so hard for throughout the years. She felt her gaze fixed upon them, but she knew in the back of her mind that gran was feeling equally horrified with witnessing her only grandson being downright molested by such a horny woman. But mesmerized as a second-generation Italian boy watching a Yankee game, the moment A-Rod calls off his retirement and steps back onto the field, thus dropping the mic for all baseball eternity. What the fuck? So weird. Anyways, <laughs> Dildo was in shock, to say the least. What human, what female human would do such a thing? There must be hundreds, thousands of well-proportioned human men out there falling over themselves for the slightest chance of squeezing just one of Sadie's squishy, perfect breasts. But Sadie didn't know it, but gnomes love breasts, and lucky for her, she was blessed with an extra squishy set of 34 (laughs) double Ds, gents. Her pearly white skin had hypnotized him from the beginning. As her extra-large fun bags, which were actually larger than his head, Rubbed and pressed themselves against his anxious, deprived body, he felt his member grow. And since Dildo had quite a small figure, Sadie felt the new presence immediately. And yes, listeners, now we know what they say about men with big feet is true! Grand-grand <laughs> rooted on as she watched her only grandson and sole heir to the business become enveloped in pure ecstasy. Sadie knew... It was now or never, despite being amongst the innocent plants, despite being watched by his grandma, despite being in plain sight where any garden fancy lad or last may mander, she tipped the straps of his suspenders over his shoulders. The weight of his leather shorts pulled themselves off his body and onto the earth with a thud. <laughs> Dildo's jaw dropped as he stood in disbelief. Never had he dreamt of a human female being remotely interested in him. Nevertheless, one 
taking him over. He watched as the silky blonde head made made way south, kissing and nuzzling the fresh and hair that peered from between the buttons of her flannel skirt. Oh, my God. Which she carefully unbuttoned <laughs> one by one. Sadie's senses buzzed as she inhaled his masculine scent. He smelled of musky, oiled wood, ancient spices, and the finest hint of sweat. She worked di- diligently at the tiny pearl buttons on his hand-printed woven flannel shirt, pushing her nose through his chest hair, oh, and working her fingers through the curls. She ex- exercised the tufts and burls as if to say, You're fitterless. Be free. Dildo grunted and squirmed as Sadie found knots within the forest of his chest. He watched helplessly as she made her way south to his growing member, her genuous tits giving warmth and comfort as they rested on his tent below. Sadie, there's there's still kinks in my hose. Um, I I really need to, uh... I've got enough kinks for you. Sadie breathed into the thick curling force that circled his belly button. Forget the hose. Her trembling hand shot up his muscular, stocky legs and rested upon the two quivering mounds behind him. His member <laughs> pulsated behind the hand-stitched uh, knickers that old Gran had made for him. Throb, throb, and throb. Sadie yearned for his undoubtedly virgin manhood. The thick hair curled out of the, the knickers, and she ventured south toward his <laughs> The twirls of hair grabbed at her eyelashes. The silken ends teased her nostrils. The mound meat for a giant push eagerly against her throat. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, my. Your <laughs> is growing like a weed. Oh, pardon me. I must take off my knickers before they split at the seams. Dildo was awfully worried about ruining his handmade undies. But Sadie took the task upon herself, and before he knew it, they had been flung through the air, landing upon the brass doorknob. And there it hung, slightly to the left, but ultimately a straight pointer (laughs) with a nicely tanned color. (laughs) Dildo Gnomely, erect, majestic gnome saluted Sadie with a keen and thoughtful eye. It stood proudly at a good 12 inches, and along with its girth, undoubtedly not for the faint of heart. She cupped those gnome balls and struggled to fit the tip of his... She his knob up and down and all around and worked her hands on his... Her fingers rippling over the bulging veins. Dildo moaned and grunted and swirled into a cloud of ecstasy. Dear Lord... He had never received head before, that is certain. So much blood had left his brain in efforts to fill his giant that he swiftly became lightheaded and fell backwards into a pile of good tilled earth. Dildo awoke to Sadie's kind face and blonde hair, shining with the sun behind her. Her generous breast heaved upon his chest. Oh, uh, good, good morning. I must have, um, uh... Sadie pulled the top of her shirt down and let her... Bill out. <laughs> she massaged him on either side of his head, and he blushed hard, and his eyes rolled in the opposite direction. Good God. He was slightly <laughs> suffocating, but in the most loveliest of ways. So that made almost dying A-OK. I love the fact that, like, you're eating this in the basement of your house, and yeah. your mother and fiance are asleep upstairs. Oh, God. Oh, I'm going to hell. Okay, well, <laughs> Dildo's d- began to poke and jab at Sadie's stomach, eager for more attention. Why, hello. But what's a girl love more than a gnome's uh, enormous d-? His hairy fucking feet. That's right. Oh, the glorious hair. Sadie caressed her fair skin along those plushy foot hair and smiled. She kissed each toe and licked each tuft of hair that sat upon oh. him. Hard and gently, she caressed the high arcs of his feet, nibbling, nom nom nom, at every curve and crevice. His feet smelled like earth. Mm, they smelled of life uh, of, and long travels, of hard work and masculinity. No human man, no matter how tall, 
could have feet as large and noble as dildos. She worshipped the skilled feet with her hands, her eyes, her nose and mouth, but it wasn't enough for her. Take my breath with your feet, dildo. <laughs> and she growled, growled at him lowly. Take them and them with your toes. And uh, Dildo did as ordered and uh, worked her large breasts with his large feet and squished them and squeezed them, their flesh between his toes like wet sand. Oh, Dildo, your feet are so sexy. Dildo began to wonder if all female humans were so strange and attracted to feet when Sadie really threw him for a loop. me, Dildo. <laughs> me with your feet oh i'm gonna wear out the uh the beeper <laughs> sadie oh my God. sadie laid back onto the gnome's prized soil and spread her legs lifting her skirt she unveiled she revealed no underwear dildo stared between her legs her hairless legs into a <laughs> oh my god uh he rubbed his big toe against movement Sadie ached for him. Dildo slipped his big hairy toe at the warmth which traveled all the way up his body. Oh, oh, Dildo, more. I want more of your big hairy toe. And Dildo. (laughs) Dildo, the ever so nimble gnome, had perched himself above her without missing a toe fucking beat. <laughs> replaced <Jesus>. his, his <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> and replaced his toe with his <laughs> He wanted to feel what a smooth and beautiful female human felt like. He worked his an <laughs> shivered as <laughs> Oh dildo. Oh, Dildo. Sadie <laughs> moaned and became dangerously close to the land of no return. Beads of sweat from the midday sun fell from his face and tickled her. <laughs> Dildo was working harder now than he ever did in the garden, for it took much power and concentration to work such a huge appendage when you're such a tiny person. Alas, his. And shot signals up to his brain and down his thing all at once. But when he saw Sadie's eyes, he he rolled back to not wanting to return. Oh, Dildo. Oh, my God. Fuck me. Fuck me with your little garden gnome. (laughs) Oh, God. The walls of her... (laughs) The walls of her... Giant fish around her trapped member and throbbed rhythmically. Oh, God. Sadie screamed for all the world to hear, and Dildo met her screams with grunts and moans. Oh, God. Granny looked out at the two interracial lovebirds and panted as they gasped for breath. It was a bittersweet moment for old Grandma as she became to realize that she had just lost her beloved grandson to a human but that he had also finally got his rocks off. Thank God. <laughs> she was, uh, she'll only have to worry about halflings running around the garden. So she got out her, fuck? yeah, she got out some, uh, some twine and, uh, was making herself some, uh, you know, some knickers for the new little half baby. The end. Huh. Crazy. Yeah. Gross. Well, that, was definitely a thing. <laughs> now I remember why we don't do this for like a year. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, true. All right, folks. Uh, well, this time uh, next year, please join us for uh, <laughs> late nights. Uh, let's see what we got on the old book here. Let's see what we got. Ravaged by werewolves. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be the next one up there. <laughs> okay. Hey, who knows? Maybe there's going to be a late night Halloween special. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Uh, well, folks, um, you're welcome. <laughs> or you're not welcome. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. And we're sorry. Um, 
so let's uh let's go ahead and get out of here boys uh steve what do you got for us cool check <laughs> us out on instagram uh pxl paranormal check us out on facebook pixelated paranormal podcast leave us a, a nice sweet comment like chelsea did that was awesome and it made our day for real cool all right and preston what do you got buddy well folks as always if you need a beard if you want a beard if you need to up your curly tough game like a 70s porn butch, then go over to BigDobsBeardBomb.com <laughs> and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order and get yourself some sexual scents like Bay Rum, Sweet Tobacco, Fresh, Citrus, Classic, and you, my friends, will smell just like our friend Dildo Nombly, but better. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the Wichita area, please stop by and see our good friend Leslie down at CD Trade Post at Pawnee and Seneca. Don't mention this episode, but do mention <laughs> that we sent you down there to say hi. All right, well, that does it for this episode. I need to go take a cold shower and maybe bleach my ears. Maybe shave those hobbit feet of yours. <laughs> <laughs> I do have hobbit feet. I do have hobbit feet. I thought about putting them on there in the Instagram, but also... I don't want people to <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Any hoozle. Until next time, folks, cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway, baby. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.